Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz, presented by Allen Electric. It seems like it's been a while since we last spoke. I was on a week-long vacation last week, but now back in my home studio, Trevor at 1450 The Sports Buzz Studio. Trevor, how are you? I'd be better if I got to go on vacation last week. Well, uh, I'm sorry that you didn't get to, but you have one plan coming up, don't you? Uh, In the works. I I may have altered those plans by uh, buying a new laptop over the weekend. Oh, well, that's nice, too, though. That's uh, that's exciting. Who needs a vacation when you have a new laptop and you can just look at the places now you can't afford to go to? That sounds lovely, especially this time of the year. Uh, went on a cruise, ported out of Baltimore. Uh, we got there early Saturday, returned back last night. So it was uh, an eight-day trip, and the cruise itself was seven days. Went to Grand Turk. And Turks and Caicos, and then Freeport in the Bahamas, and also Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas, which is actually owned by Carnival Cruise Line. Uh, great cruise, was with my girlfriend and her family. I'm sure somewhere along the way I'll, I'll have some stories and I'll be happy to tell them. Uh, nothing too crazy because it was a family vacation. And probably the craziest thing that happened is the sunburns, Trevor, that I have all over my body. I am convinced. Uh, with 100% certainty that I have sun poisoning, I, it, it is painful to sleep, it's painful to move, it's painful to move my arms. Uh, it was just one day that I forgot to put sunscreen lotion, sun suntan lotion on my body, and I am paying for it right now. I've had third-degree sunburns before. I fell asleep, uh, I think I was maybe 12 or 13 at Plantation Pool. I don't know if that rings a bell to anybody from the East End area, Louisville, but I fell asleep there on my, on my stomach and woke up, I don't know how long and later, and... I couldn't, let's just say long, long story short, third degree sunburns, and I couldn't wear a t-shirt for two weeks, which the ladies I'm sure loved. Well, I've got, it, it hurts to wear a t-shirt. It hurts when any, any, anything touches where the burns are at their worst. I, is I don't it know peeling or bubbling or any, in any way? Oh, the peeling is unbelievable. And then I do have bubbling across my chest, which is so disgusting, especially to talk about here on the radio. But you, the, you might need to go see a doctor, dude. And I don't mean one of those doctors like the uh, that you probably ran into down in the islands that would do you know give you some some beads and a piece of fruit and tell you you'll be better in an hour. You might want to go see a real doctor. Well, I, I kind of looked up some stuff about whether I actually should or shouldn't, uh, and a lot of people said that I probably or a lot of the things I read online said that I probably should. But it's while it's painful, it's it's not it's not excruciating pain, and. I, if anybody knows me, I I hate the doctor. I don't think anybody really likes the doctor, but I hate going to the doctor. So I, I'm I'm going to wait it out a little bit, Trevor. Now that's the philosophy that uh, many Americans said before doctors were around. Did you did were you were you the, the word is just so disgusting. Were you bubbling, Trevor? <laughs> yes, yes, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, it was. Mine was on my back shoulders. It wasn't on the front. It sounds like you. Uh, I don't know if you. Felt, I don't know how you got yours by just not wearing a shirt too long or what. But I, since I was on my stomach, mine was all of my like my back shoulders. So it was even worse. I could even reach it, nonetheless. 
Yeah, I think the back would be worse than than the chest because then laying down would probably be painful. Now it's just if I lay down and something touches my chest, it hurts. Uh, Captain Arctic first tweet in from the show since we our, our seven day hi- hiatus. He said, "What the hell is wrong with you guys? You got to respect the sun." I did for the most part. It, 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 I guess there's actually two days I forgot to put sunscreen. Well, on. He lives in Phoenix. He's used to the sun being an enemy. Yeah. We, we live in yeah. Louisville, where the sun only comes up, you know, periodically every so often, and not for long when it does. Yeah, and also when you're in Louisville, you're not outside. You don't have to be outside for a long period of time because there's not a ton to do outside for the most part. But it was the first day I forgot to put it on, and I did get burnt. Uh, it, it wasn't a good feeling, but it wasn't that bad. Every day I made a, a you know, a, I made sure to put extra on throughout the, throughout the week. And then it was the last day I was reading my book, hanging out. I guess I kind of just lost track of the time of how long I was out there. I wasn't in any pain at the time. And then all of a sudden it, I started getting red. I went inside, I was pink. Peeling started happening nearly instantly. And now I've got these strange bubbles uh popping up some some places on my chest it doesn't hit you right away Norton. a lot of time i think mine i didn't even realize it until the next morning when i woke up almost like when you sprain an, sprain an ankle or something or you twist a twist a knee you don't feel it until you've laid down and you've gotten stiff and it's kind of accumulated on you and we're going to talk sports today because there's a lot to talk about i promise oh, i thought we were going to know 90 minutes on sunburns and what not to how to avoid them captain arctic wants pictures of the bubbles i'm not sure you guys do weird <laughs> I'm not sure you all do, uh, I, but I, if there's a doctor out there on Twitter that can tell me how serious these are, I'd be more than happy to send a picture. Um, it, I don't know. I, mean, Web really, MD. I don't really know what to compare it to, but it, it kind of just looks like my skin boiled a bit, like, like boiled like hot water and, and kind of bubbled and stayed in that formation. So yours went away, right? I'm not going to have these forever, am I? <laughs> no, no. My, my, I don't remember... It seemed like it took way longer than it probably did, but I think it, it took a, a week or two to, to finally, after because I, I had to put medicine in, and I was just aloe, but like uh, prescription medicine on it to, to, to get it to go away. No, I'm not. I, see, I don't want to do that. I don't have to go in the doctor and waste time and get medicine. I'll be, eh, it'll pass, I'm sure of it. But Since that uh, day, I, I try to avoid going outside, which is probably why I'm so pale as I am now, because of that it, one event back in my early uh you know, 12, 10, 13 years old, teen ages. Is, uh, speaking of, uh, since since I've been gone not to play the Avril Lavigne, I think that's who it is, song. Trevor, have you been doing well with your, your dieting? I have not had a soda. It'll be two weeks today, actually. Wow. Yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually drinking uh, a, a Mio lemonade now. I've discovered lemonade is in my favorite Mio now. You're making more changes than Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Well, I heard, my boobs are already bigger than hers or his anyway, so I mean, you know, I've got some work to do. Have you have you weighed yourself? Have you have you noticed how much? Do you feel different? Do you look different? <laughs> no, no, and no. Okay, well, it'll, you'll get there. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel the the the, uh, the drain. The first couple of days, I, I it was, I felt a little tougher to get going in the daytime and staying awake as I usually do at night, and I've kind of gotten past that now now i still don't go to i don't you know fall asleep at 11 o'clock like you as an old man in a 22 year old body but i do uh, i do feel a little less drained around uh, 12 31 o'clock 
Yeah, well, that's that's kind of normal, I think, for the for the normal person. Speaking of uh, losing weight, I probably did the opposite on the cruise. I, I didn't weigh myself before. I wish I would have, and then weighed myself after. But I, I would be surprised if I didn't gain anywhere from maybe five to seven pounds. Oh wow, you have for maybe, you. I mean, maybe not. Maybe maybe it's four to seven. But I, you're, I mean, you're clearly now just an obese man trapped in a fat man's body. It, it <laughs> it's hard. Not to. It's it's really for a seven day cruise when everything is free food wise and everything is open twenty four seven to eat as much food as you want. It is virtually impossible not to gain a little bit of weight. And they do have a weight room in a. They it's a pretty nice weight room too. Not that I spent any time in it, but uh, it's really hard on a cruise. And it's not like the boat's big where you walk around a lot to the point where you can just lose some walking weight. Um, I, I put my Fitbit in my in my suitcase and didn't even turn it on for the week but uh, it was overall while the cruise was fun and relaxing trevor i'm, I'm paying for it now well the sunburn alone would make you uh regret the uh, decision in itself yeah and also we had four people in our cabin which was the cabin size of probably your car trevor you had four people <laughs> you didn't well, yeah. you, you didn't think about maybe uh throwing selling out a couple extra uh Hundred bucks oh, maybe me. to get your own room. I tried. It was too late. So wait, you, was- so you you spent a week uh, between on a cruise in the Bahamas with the missus and couldn't even enjoy it in the in the room in that way because you had well, what your parents with you or something. We're, we're not gonna that 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 wasn't the purpose of the cruise. It was with Hannah's family and they had extended family. Oh, it's even worse <laughs> from from other places and uh, we stayed with her cousins and they were they were perfectly pleasant and nice people it's just uh it, it was a really really small room um but i feel relaxed it's nice to i saw a lot of fun sites i have never i guess i don't know if i've ever been to the Bahamas before certainly never been to uh to turks and, and caicos i've never heard of these places i assume you're making them up maybe i'm not but no, i've heard of the bahamas but i've never heard of the cities or i guess the areas you mentioned well, it's uh, they're they're beautiful places, Trevor. And maybe if you were a bit more cultured, you could uh, you could you could go check them out. Uh, but w- uh, we missed a lot. We missed a lot of stuff, but we we didn't miss a lot of stuff too. When it comes to UK, Trevor, it was a pretty quiet week. It, it actually worked out well for me to pick that week to miss because not a lot happened. Um, Kentucky didn't make the NCAA tournament for baseball, which is not good. Uh, at, at one point, I think, and maybe. April, early April or late March, they were projected as a, a two seed and 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 not the oh, not the number all not the not a national two seed, but a two seed in in some regions. Uh, so that's a pretty significant fall to go from a two seed to not even make the tournament. And it's just it, it seems like Kentucky baseball has taken a few steps backwards under Gary Henderson. So that was really the only biggest news piece that I think I missed. Am, am I missing out on anything else? Uh, Trevor? Well, luckily the final, you didn't miss anything from the NBA finals because they still have yet to start. Uh, you didn't miss anything in the conference finals because they were pretty much uh, ho-hum and yawn. Um, unless you want to talk about how great Dan McDonald is with Louisville's baseball program. No, you've been, you picked a pretty good week to just skip out of town. And I was very worried that Jamal Murray would commit to Kentucky while I was gone. As it turns out, that's not the case. Uh, Kentucky's 2015 recruiting class is not over yet, um, which I'm I'm actually happy that I wanted to wait a week because then I, I wouldn't have been able to get those stories and, and talk to some people. Uh, but as we have it, he, he did cancel his Oregon visit by all accounts if he actually did have the Oregon visit planned. 
uh, which which I think that is true, and, and, and I'm pretty sure he did cancel it. Uh, some An Oregon writer wrote that he canceled the visit because all of the Oregon players on campus in Eugene were studying and preparing for finals, so it wouldn't have been the best time to visit. Call BS he, on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. It's It's not like... I know for a fact that several UK players weren't on campus when he when he visited UK's campus. So that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100% that I call BS on that. Now, if he decides to go back and visit again, that it, it ultimately is a moot point, and Oregon, I think, is, is perfectly back in the picture. Uh, here's what I've been hearing. I'll keep it short and simple uh, because there, there's not a lot of new information. And it basically was just me checking in after I got off the cruise. Kentucky still feels good about their chances with Jamal Murray, and they have felt good about those chances certainly since he visited and and, and even before then. But you can maybe even go back to when the Nike EYBL was in Lexington and he was at least thought to be coming to town then. Kentucky liked their chances then. Uh, So that really hasn't changed in terms of, of how Kentucky feels and their confidence with landing Jamal Murray. They they don't think it's a done deal. That's not the words I'm hearing. Not a guarantee. Again, that's not another word that I'm hearing. Just that they feel good about it. They think that he really likes Kentucky. He likes what John Calipari can do for him. He, he, he likes the idea of being able to get to the next level uh, as soon as possible, his stock being as high as ever if he were to go to Kentucky. Now, the obvious down draw is Kentucky already has two point guards and Jamal Murray probably wants to play point guard and how that would all work out but ultimately I think he, he Kentucky is selling him on the notion that you will have the ball in your hands if you don't have the ball in your hands you're still going to find ways to score off the ball will make you a complete player it'll translate over to the NBA where NBA teams can get creative with how they want to use you it's the perfect package and Jamal Murray is at least what I'm being told buying into that so here's the timeline for Jamal Murray. And there's really not much else to talk about when it, come, when it comes to him. We can talk about hypotheticals. We can talk about where Kentucky can play him and what the rosters and what the lineups would look like if he, if he decides to commit. But we can wait if that happens uh, to do that. But the timeline is he should be hearing to about reclassifying this month. And they want to make sure that he will officially be a 2015 player before he makes any sort of any sort of decision. Because if he, in fact, stays as a 2016 guy, he's going to want to take his time. He's going to want to take more visits. He's going to want to, he's going to, want to weigh, uh, weigh out everything. He, might, he may want to weigh out who stays and who goes at each school. So he wants to make sure he is a 2015 recruit before he makes an official decision, and that's completely understandable. So until that, and that should be in the next few weeks, he was, he's, he's probably not going to make a decision. So that's kind of the... the that's kind of all there is with Jamal Murray right now. And he's kind of the hottest name in in UK basketball recruiting. But there's not a ton more news regarding regarding Murray and Kentucky. And, and Kentucky's still working on the 2016 class, keeping their attention there with, with obviously, uh, Jamal Murray being the number one priority. So there's there's plenty more to talk about on today's show that that doesn't necessarily have to do with UK we're gonna there's there's a few more UK topics that we're gonna get to in the next segment uh, but it's been a wild day in sports and also uh, outside of sports so we're going to head to commercial break we'll come back we'll leave the sunburns aside the boiling aside the bubbling aside and we will talk more sports after these short messages here on 1450 the sports buzz stick around welcome back 
Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Presented by Allen Electric. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> I'm bringing sexy back. We're back at 1450 Sports Buzz. I think it's time, Trevor, to wish Kentucky a happy birthday today. How old do you think Kentucky's turning today, Trevor? 250. 250. I don't know. And wouldn't Kentucky become a state in like 17-something? It was 17-something. You're not, you're not far off. 1759, I think, maybe? So, no. No, no. It, it, oh. it, that would have made them one of the original 13 colonies, which they weren't. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you do you, do you know what uh, Kentucky came into the union making them what number state? 17, 15. So, again, you're not far off. Yeah, yeah see. they're 223 today. Oh, but that's a weird you, you should only celebrate numbers that are even like the on the hundreds or fifties. No, no one cares about 20, the, the, the odd numbers. That's why I didn't want to guess that. So you, you don't celebrate your birthday unless it's in, in a round number. Well, not, well, I don't celebrate it at all because it, once you get past 30, you don't want to remember that you've gotten a year older, but with, with things like, you know, States and country, I mean, we, we don't celebrate, you know, America. I mean, I guess we do every year. July. That sounds stupid, but, uh, but I mean, we don't, you know, yeah, but big things like that. Yeah. Just celebrate even numbers only. Well, I'm, I had no I, idea it was even Kentucky's birthday. I saw you tweet that, and I was wondering what you. I mean, how many people even know that? Is that why is that why Phoenix so closed today? Is because uh, it's Kentucky's birthday? Well, they, they closed <laughs> their doors for good, which is another interesting thing that happened today. Is, is Phoenix Hill, the the famous bar for people over thirty five years old, closed? <laughs> where are we going to pick up? Where, where guys like you and me going to pick up cougars now? <laughs> and, uh, and those, those <laughs> the people Phoenix Hill were probably past being cougars. Uh, they were, they were. I don't, I don't know what happens to cougars when they get older, I, I, and I don't know another good feline name to to call them. But uh, so that's close. That's weird. That came out of nowhere. Supposedly, even the employees were surprised. I I was shocked when I woke up uh, this afternoon and saw that on on the, on the Facebook page. I'm kind of sad that I actually never went in there. I went, I was outside of it a hundred times. I drove by it even more when there was a big concert going on and, uh, didn't, didn't look like my kind of crowd, Trevor. No, I've, I haven't been to Phoenix Hill. I can't remember. I kind of grew up in Phoenix Hill, which is, which is what made it weird to see it closed. Uh, my mother was a bartender there for many years, especially at my younger ages. And uh, I, when she couldn't find a babysitter or she couldn't find to watch me, I basically spent most of my days playing in the Rose Gardens and, and running around Phoenix Hill before opening while she was preparing for a shift. 
it's a little part of your childhood close yeah, to that. Yeah, and I was I wasn't I didn't go in it, but I was uh, I was stopping at a friend's house that lives I mean right behind Phoenix Hill just last night and you know people were coming you know coming in and out of it. It was so it was kind of a shocking it's almost I don't want to call Phoenix Hill a, 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 I don't want to use the word landmark. I think that's too strong. But it is somewhat of a I mean Jim Porter's closing, no one cares. I mean they can just plow that over and put a strip club there no one's going to remember a difference. But Phoenix Hill was kind of I mean it's it falls in that kind of toy tiger like landmark, like kind of small local landmark that's now ended. Yeah, it, it, probably right up there with Lynn's Paradise Cafe. Yeah, yeah, Twig and Leaf, I think maybe. I, I mean, it's a Highland tradition. Yeah, I mean, where, where does the Bambi crawl in now? See, that's that's what I was going to say. Is the only reason I'm upset that I never went in there is because it technically means I never finished the Bambi walk, which technically is true. I never did. I never did it either. So if it makes you feel better. I think the furthest I ever went was Flanagan's, maybe. Yeah, if you can remember how far you got, then you you uh, you weren't having a good time. That's when my sister just opened a cab door and made me get inside. So she's a she's a good big sis. But uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Kentucky! Farewell to uh, Phoenix Hill. It's been a, a strange. It's been a it's 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 been a strange day. Also with the with the Caitlyn Jenner news and and her cover shoot really breaking the internet do you, do you have any hot takes on that trevor um not really i mean to each his own i i, I will say this uh, i did see uh, somebody showed me a picture of uh the new caitlin jenner uh you're, you're the the former bruce jenner uh person i guess is that what you're talking about bruce jenner's new uh, altercations yeah what he changed uh, his name to okay i forget all the jenners and Kardashians. i forget which one has which a real woman and which one used to be a man because uh, I don't know all their names, but the former, the formerly artist known as Bruce Jenner, somebody showed me a picture and touche on the plastic surgeon. They did a good job. Yeah, you, you, I mean that's uh, it, it, to quote forty year old virgin. That's the Mona Lisa trannies. Do you think you'd be able to tell that that is a used to be a man if you didn't know? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'd be able to tell either. That's oh, money I, well spent if that's the way you want to go. Exactly, and and and. and she, I guess you'd say now, she seems very happy. So, so good for her. Although it's it's making the rounds, and uh, I, you know, I, again, I don't really have any any hot takes or jokes on it because if you know that's what they if that's what somebody wants to do to make them happy, so be it. My, it is bad timing though because uh, he slash she does look like somebody that you would uh, probably be getting picked up at Phoenix Hill. That's that's uh, you're right about that but well, it's an unfortunate coincidence that now ready to hit phoenix hill and it's now closed for caitlin jenner and i'm not sure when exactly the the change was made to to caitlin jenner officially uh but she does look younger than than bruce jenner <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the again the surgeon i mean he he or she whoever did the surgery money well spent by uh, the jenner household and and my cousin listening uh, way out in Oregon says that Phoenix Hill was a staple of Louisville, and with that, we totally uh, agree. Uh, let's get to some other UK news. Again, there's not a ton. Uh, the NBA draft, we're hearing a lot of different storylines with that, where UK guys may go. Uh, nothing new on Carl Anthony Town. Seems that like he will still go number one to Minnesota, uh, so nothing new in, in that sense. I, I know Jaleel Locafor will get his chance. Um We'll have to wait and see there. Trey, but the, the biggest news is Trey Lyles, and it seems that his stock is really high, Trevor. Uh, the Knicks seem very, very intrigued with with Trey Lyles. 
and maybe even considering uh, trading uh, teams could trade up to get him. What do you are you buying this? If you if you had a, a top seven pick, would you take a chance on Trey Lyles? Top seven? I, I'd yeah, maybe if I'm in, if I am in that six or seven area, I don't know if I would go top four. I think the top four should be pretty much set in stone with uh, Moody, Russell, Okafer, and Towns. Uh, now the Knicks, that doesn't mean when, when you when you're involved in New York Knicks and a team that that once took Frank Weiss with a with a top ten pick, who's almost famously known just for being jumped over by Vince Carter. I don't put anything past them. So I, if they could do something moronic, it wouldn't surprise me. But listen, you're not going to you're not going to sell me on Trey Lyles, TJ. I've been high on Trey Lyles all year. I, I like Trey Lyles. I think he's a lottery pick. I would have no problem with him going to the Pacers, maybe eleven. Of course, they already drafted Miles Turner. We all know that, so that's almost impossible. <laughs> But I, I would have no problem with that. I could see him going maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven in that late, mid to late lottery. But top four, even five seems the magic at five. I don't think it'd be a bad fit. It'd be a risky call because he doesn't show as maybe as much during the season. Maybe showing more now during the warmups and the tryouts and things. But him going in that late lottery would not shock me one bit. I've always been high on Trey Lyles. I I. I I hate coming off as somebody that's knocking these guys. I'm not. I'm not trying to knock them. I would take him over but, Devin Booker. If I let me just say that, if I was picking uh, Kentucky players in order, I would take him over Devin Booker. And I think every NBA executive and and maybe coach and front office would agree with you. And in, in mock drafts, that seems. I think mostly to be the case. I don't know if I would though. I'm. I, Trey Lyles was unbelievable at, at Kentucky and kind of underrated. Uh, it was kind of a weird fit for him because there were there were other good guards and good scorers there, and there obviously Carl Anthony Towns in the front court was the second best scorer in college basketball outside of Jaleel Okafor. So it was kind of hard for Trey Lyles to find uh, gr- his groove and rhythm in a lot of games. But I have a lot of questions about Trey Lyles in the NBA. One, he never seemed to be uh, a very physical player. He never embraced physical contact. Uh, didn't get to the line a ton, uh, despite being a, an oversized three in his role at, at Kentucky for for the most part. Uh, two, he does a lot of things well. He can put it on the floor. He can pull up. He's got a pretty good jump shot. Not a great three-point shot, but a pretty good jump shot. His three-point shot will get better. He doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He does, he's not great at one thing, Trevor. Uh He's a okay defender, not a great defender. He is a better defender than Devin Booker. He's you're you're right in saying that he's probably a better overall player than Devin Booker. He can do a lot more things. He can rebound. He can score in the post. Uh, he runs the floor well. But at least Devin Booker is a great shooter, and, and he had his slumps at UK. But at least at sh- at times, you know, he's shooting fifty percent for long stretches of games from deep. At least you know if you draft Devin Booker, okay, I'm getting my shooter right here. That's what he's going to do. He's not a great defender. Uh, I'm, he's not going to get inside. He's not going to put it on the floor and attack the rim a ton. But he's going to be a dead-eye, knockdown three-point shooter that we can we can put in there in certain situations. We don't have to start him. That's why I think I would take Devin Booker, and I don't think I'd take Trey Lyles in the top five or, or seven. Again, seven is a stretch. I was thinking more of that nine, ten, eleven to fourteen area, like I said, the late. But he's also a stretch four. He's a legitimate six ten, two two hundred and thirty five, two hundred and forty pounds. Yes, he didn't show 
to maybe be the most physical player, but he did average five rebounds a game, and I know that's not a lot, only eight points as well, but he's also on a team that's loaded with players like, and guys that are getting probably a majority of the rebounds like Stein and Towns and so on and so forth. Plus, he had to split time with Dakari Johnson. I know he's put as a three, which is not his natural position. I don't think he'll play a four in the NBA as a stretch four. And right now, if you watch, I mean, go, go and look at the finals right now. I mean, stretch four is the trend in the NBA. You want guys like Harrison Barnes plays the four majority of the time for the for the uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, he's not a four. I mean, he's a, he's a three. He's a legitimate three, but he can use the four because you can use him as a stretch four. A guy like Draymond Green is a stretch four. Even Kevin Love used as a stretch four. Chris Bosh before that was LeBron James as a stretch four. The NBA loves guys that can stretch, that can go out and play that four and step out 17, 18, 20 feet away, and I think Trey Lyles can do that. He's got a nice perimeter game. I think he's got a lot of – he needs a lot of work to be done. He's not going to be an impact guy right away. But I could see him being kind of like – and Captain Arkin tweeted about this, but like kind of like Markeith Morris, you know, down in Phoenix, a guy that can kind of play a multiple 3-4 and, and be a, a very different – throw different uh, weapons at you in different ways. And everything you just said is accurate and, and really of well said. Of course it is. I said it. <laughs> And well spoken. Uh, usually, you don't make a lot of sense, and that and that time you did a pretty good job. But the other side is what I'm saying, Trevor, is you don't know if he's going to be good at one thing. You don't know if he's going to if you if he can is say that about any forward. pick, though. I mean, anything Not after the top no, after the no, top no, two no, picks, no, no, yes. No, no, it, you you can't say that about anybody. You at can, least, at least, I I feel a lot more confident about other guys. I think Justice Winslow will be a much better NBA player than Trey Lyles. Uh, I think he'd be. Yeah, I think he's got a good role in the NBA. I don't know how much of an impact player he could be. And, and you know, I, I know, I know this isn't necessarily a stretch four, but you're not seeing as many great wing players or, or threes in the NBA or even college for that matter. And you have Stanley Johnson, who's a fringe top ten pick. Yeah, most, that's a guy. Who, that's a guy who physically could go in the NBA tomorrow and and. Take everything thrown at them. Most threes in the NBA are guys that were very late second, first round picks and second round picks. If you ever look, go through the roster, look at the, some of the best kind of wing players, especially through the playoffs. Most of them weren't top ten picks. Most of them weren't lottery picks. They're guys that kind of fell between the cracks, but became good by the definition of what the NBA loves now. It's called the three D position: shooting spot up three point shooter, solid on one on one defender. That's what the NBA wants in their in their in their small forwards now. It's all they want in their small forwards. I'm not saying Trey Lyles is going to be a bust. I don't think that's the case at all, and, and I think he's going to make an NBA team really happy, but we're just talking value here, and, and I don't know if necessarily that means he should go in the top seven. There's, I, you know, I, I would take him over some of these European guys and some of these international players just because— Well, you don't know anything about Mario Henzinga. Uh... Henzinga, I, I, whatever I don't, is. and that's that's why I wouldn't take him. I know he gets pretty damn good on the 2K15 mock draft I uh, downloaded. You're really the only. You're like the sole reason why I want video games. Because when you talk about stuff like that, I've been on. I've, I've been on an MLB kick right recently. I, I liked MLB. I I bought it one year and I really really liked it, but I, I never bought it again for some reason. But uh, you're the only reason that I have a craving to go spend four hundred dollars on video games. That's why I am on the pusher man. I just give you a taste to make you want to come back for more. Uh, speak, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out a scenario for you, uh, Trevor. The Cruise obviously had a casino. Oh, nice. First two days, I go there. One day, I think maybe Hannah's with me, and I kind of like it when she goes with me. She doesn't play. She just watches, which sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Did you ever kiss yeah. the dice before you threw them? 
No, I just play blackjack. Okay. Uh, she she kisses the cards, and then the dealers get mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but I kind of like it when she goes because she'll get bored, and I'll be able to tell that she gets bored, and then I, it'll kind of force me to leave. So if I'm up, uh, I I do pretty well because then I, I I actually leave with money instead of enjoying myself and playing for an hour and going up and down and up and down. But anyways, first two days I play for maybe a combined hour and 20 minutes which isn't a lot of time no so she she was pretty bored those days how much uh, i i was i was up four hundred dollars good it was great it was great Uh, i I bought all you could drink on the cruise for four hundred dollars so i was like all right my drinks are paid for what do you think ended up happening the the rest of the week Oh, you lost. And in an hour and 20 minutes, you could lose probably $200, $300 easily. You know, I, you bet. I don't know what the, the limit is on the tables or the, the minimum is on the table, though. I, I played $10 minimum tables. They didn't have anything higher, at least in the maybe they had some secret rooms that I weren't I wasn't invited to. No, those are only like Tuesdays from like uh, from like four to five o'clock. You can get like $5 tables. They they had they had $6 tables and $10 tables, and that's the only ones that I could find. So I felt like a high roller going over to the ten dollar tables. That's very odd to have a six dollar table. Well, they they do that so you just spend more. You can't just put a five down. You have to get a one. And they had they had the little side games, you know. And theirs was called. I think at the 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 boat in Southern Indiana, they have three card poker. That so if thing you get, is money, by the way. I've walked away that, with some good winnings on those. It is this one here was called Lucky Lady. And what you had to do was to get a 20. If you got a 20, they paid you four to one. And then if you had a, a, a 20 with the same suit or the exact same card, it was like 19 to one. Same suit was 10 to one. And then if you got Queen of Hearts, it was like 250 to one or something like that. Uh, that one was not as, uh, as rewarding as the one in Southern Indiana. So I think they probably made it a $6. Uh, $6 so you had to get ones hoping to tempt you to play the lucky lady. And theirs is really cool. When you put the dollar out there, this like thing would light up and it, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I can see why people get addicted. It's very addicting. I, I, and I'm, I'm like you, I don't even play craps. I don't even know how to play craps, which is probably pretty lame in my own right. But I do love me some blackjack. And when I first discovered the, uh, the three card poker thing involved with it, of course, when I, they first started doing it at the, at the boats here in Southern Indiana, I want to say you, it, they had very loose odds, and it was very easy to win. And I went back a few months, a couple weeks later, maybe it was a month or so later, and I saw they had tightened up the odds on things, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't win as easily. But if you still pull, you know, a straight or or something like that out of it, and then you know you're going to lose probably ten, maybe fifteen straight times. But that one you do win, I mean, I think I won two hundred fifty bucks on getting a straight one time. Yeah, one of the day that four I four of a kind, I think, is what they changed. It used to be like five to one on four of a kind, and they changed it to like. They changed, made it the odds a little stricter because people were too many people were getting them. When I was playing uh, and winning on one of the first two days, I, I, I was doing so well, and I might have, you know, I was also having a few beers. So I started playing five dollar lucky ladies, and I, I hit a big one. I mean, it was a, it was a glorious day. Sure enough, you're right. I ended up did I ended up losing that money. I came out even for the week, which on a on a week long casino, if you could tell me that I could gamble for probably a combined six or seven hours and it really probably wasn't that long maybe five or six and come out even i would take that i last my, my first ever trip to vegas i came back with twelve dollars i got off the plane i went to big boy got me a lunch and then i was broke 
Well, if you can if you can go to Vegas and come out even, then that's basically like just playing for fun. Yeah. Which you know you'd much rather win, but that's the second best alternative. At least, so at least neither of us turned out like Clark Griswold is what you're saying. <laughs> there, yeah, there were there were times uh, that I that I, I I really fluctuated. I went up, I went down. Yeah, I'm sure that's what happens. Captain Arctic tweets in. We have not seen enough Trey Lyles to make any determination of what he will be. That's what makes his, NBA guys go in the top five. Is mystery. In his honest opinion. Well, and he's probably right because he played in a platoon system where he only averaged. What was it? I'm trying to find it right here. Probably close to 20 minutes per game, 23 minutes per game. Probably more honestly than any other than than close to anybody else on UK's team. And he was a 6-10-3 player in college, which is strange. Uh, he had never played three in his life. Was, was strictly a front court player from his high school and AAU days. So Captain Arctic's right. What we saw of Trey Lyles in college is far from a finished piece. Uh, and maybe not even a great indication of what kind of player he'll be in the NBA. But what I, what you wanted to see from Trey Lyles, at least what I wanted to see, was a guy that could put it on the floor, attack, try to bust open some zones, uh, that, that team's playing zone against UK, and he wasn't always able to do that. He won't he, be asked he, to do that in the NBA, though, TJ. He's going to be he, asked to spot from 17 feet out at a four position now because he won't play the three in the NBA. So they won't need him to put the ball on the floor as much. And by the way, he played more minutes than Carlton Downs this year. If you want him to be a stretch four, then you will need him to be able to put the ball on the floor. Not as much. No, you need to hit the jump shot more importantly. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's, I I think he's a fine shooter, but I don't think he's a, you know, he's not a Kevin Love. Well, no, but Kevin Love also went in the third pick in the fourth pick in the draft, something like that. We're talking about Trey Lyles going the fourth pick in the draft. But I, but I told you I didn't think he did, even though I don't think he's that high. I think he's a late lottery. That's my, in my well, opinion. So if I if I me, thought he could be more Kevin Love, then yeah, I would tell you I think he should go in the top three or four. Honestly, I, you know, they're different players. They play different roles at at, at UK. But I, I I think it could end up being a a Patrick Patterson type player, where Patrick Patterson's a stretch four, Trevor. That I see no problem with that at all. That is really a that doesn't put it on the floor, and, and it's kind of turned into this shooting stretch four. And he's not that great of a shooter. I mean, he's a good shooter, but not that great of a shooter. He also stays in the corner three point line a little bit too much, a little more. I don't see Lyles going to the three point, but he and he but Patterson's you know that type of player. Many a teams that's what they want. And Toronto, for example, where Patterson is, is this perfect example where they want him at and want him for that. I do think Lyles is more athletic. Than, than Patrick Patterson, uh, and if he if he was able to put on the floor, just make him it, it probably would make him worth that that top five top four pick. Uh, if he if he liked getting into the, into the lane and getting some contact and getting to the free throw line, it'd probably make him worth that. And I think he can put it on the floor. He put it on the floor. He's only nineteen years old. On top of it, I know, and that's what Captain Arctic's trying to tell us, and he's right. He can put it on the floor, and he his preference is to pull up, and he did that a lot of times at UK. It usually was the first play of the game, if you all remember, <laughs> is, is he'd always just put it on the floor and then pull up or have the baseline shot, and he knocked it down more times than not. Uh, but if he was just able to keep that going towards the rim, he, he'd really be a versatile player. So uh, the jury's still out on him. We need to head to commercial break. We will come back. Uh, Kentucky football, Commonwealth Stadium continues to get renovated. We'll touch in on there. And then there's, again, some just strange things going on in the world of sports. We'll get to that. So stick around here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The 
There's a place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go To get away from it all Bodies in the sand Tropical drink Sports Talker with TJ Walker. No shirt, no shoes, no, no dive show. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. When she was an American girl, raised up in promises. Back to 1450 Sports Buzz. It is presented to you by Allen Electric. Uh, Kentuckyana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call. 636-HELP for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Trevor, so when I was gone on vacation, somebody had to watch a little Abe, and I wasn't going to let the mysterious Charlie, who you have never met, uh, be the one to watch him. Or doesn't we don't even know it really exists, but okay. <laughs> So my mom was sweet enough to to watch him for seven days. They've got another dog uh, named Cal who is 130, maybe 135 pounds now, a a German Shepherd Husky mix, just a ginormous beast of an animal. Um, it was very, very sweet of my mom to do that. So I, I was thinking what I could do to, to repay her. Uh, so I bought her a nice necklace in, in the Bahamas. Um, it, it's a, it, an actual diamond, I, I think. Not hundred percent sure about that. It wasn't. It wasn't seashells or anything like that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is great. I got my mom a cool gift, and she's gonna love it. Now we're even. I get back to the house, Trevor, in my house, and she decorated the inside. There was a bunch of pictures that I haven't gotten around to hanging up. She hung up all those pictures. She cleaned the house entirely. Uh, redid my wardrobe, which. Uh, you know, I didn't ask her to do that, but nice of her to do. Anyways, put f- planted flowers outside the house, put flowers inside the house, really made it look like a, a real house and not it kind of took it out of the moving in process stage. Uh, that she's the best, Trevor. You might want to get her, make sure I hope those are real diamonds next time. <laughs> You're right. Now, I, now I feel like I'm not even again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, get her some some cornhole boards for my cornhole guy uh who at fish customs who makes cornhole you have, you boards. have a cornhole guy i've got a cornhole guy fish customs at fish customs on twitter they are the best in the business um they really they it's unbelievable what they can do with cornhole boards and they'll do any custom design too uh but i'm gonna get some cornhole boards is he, for a, is then, he a magician with the cornhole no i did actually see a magician on the cruise though which was pretty cool first time i've seen a magician since i was probably eight years old it was pretty magical. Uh, the best magician I ever saw was actually at halftime of the Pacers game a couple years ago. I went to, I think it was Pacers and Mavericks when I had my season tickets. And uh, I can't remember, I think it was Mavericks or Clippers, but it was the guy that did the quick change where he puts the thing above him and he's like wearing one outfit and it comes down, he's got a different outfit on. And it's one of the coolest magician acts I think I've ever seen. This one, it was cool. I mean, you know, not to spoiler alert, magic isn't real, but. Oh, uh-huh, what? 
whatever he was doing was pretty interesting. The, the, the coolest thing he did, and I'll try to explain this pretty quickly, uh, was he, he brought a girl up on stage, and she was probably like a 16 or 17-year-old girl, and there, it's a, it was called like the ghost magic trick or something like that. Um, and she was standing there all by herself in the, in the front of the stage, probably four feet from the back curtain or five feet from the back curtain, and then he brought a little kid up on the stage, and they were standing face-to-face, but probably 15 feet apart from one another. And then he, he said that he was going to summon a ghost. Maybe he's actually some sort of demon sorcerer or, or a witch or something along those lines. Was his name John Edwards? Which, which doesn't make this uh, magic trick as fun uh, when you think about it. But he, he said that he was going to summon the ghost, and he was going to touch the girl. <laughs> you know, that doesn't sound right. But he, he was going to make contact with the girl somehow. Um, and he's so based on what he did to the to the kid. This the, the way I'm telling this, Trevor, is not is not appropriate or good. So he was no. going to make contact with the kid, and then that the ghost was going to make the same type of contact with the girl. Did he so touch the boy's soul? He. <laughs> well, he had to pay the toll troll, the troll toll. Excuse me. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he goes up to the kid and, and kind of pokes him in the back. This is not talk- getting any better, by the way. <laughs> he, he, he pokes him in the back and then he talks to the girl and says, did you, did, did the ghost feel, did he, did he shake your hand? Did he graze your arm? Uh, did he blow, did he blow on you or anything like that? And the girl looks around and starts looking like behind her and all over and, and says, no, he didn't do any of those things, but he, he, he poked me in the back. And she she was very confused about what had happened. I'm confused. <laughs> so I can know, I know exactly where she's coming from. <laughs> I, I was confused. So that was the only cool thing that the magician did. Well, not the only cool thing, but that was the coolest thing. I, I still yeah, the other ones is probably just slide a hand, this and that. But that was the only one where I didn't really know how he did it. Did you ask him? No, I, he was. I no. Um, have, it you, was, have you tried Google? I mean, there's not much you can't find on that machine. I've, I've, I'm not that curious about it. <laughs> so uh, this show is completely derailed from cornhole <laughs> to uh, magicians poking teenage women on stage. That the, the I, I, you know I should have I should have processed how I was going to say that um, before I actually went on and, and did it. Uh, <laughs> but but long story short, Trevor. Uh, magicians, There's no I, short involved. It's, it's been already way too long. If <laughs> you're right, um, which is we've got plenty more to talk about. UAB football is coming back. Woo-hoo! Uh, there's some UNC Roy Williams news, which really isn't much news at all. Roy Williams is uh, he's really showing his age. Uh, Kentucky football continues to renovate Commonwealth Stadium, starting to look really good. The turf coming in. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Did you see the odds released while you were gone for uh, all all 128 uh, Division One teams in terms of their win- over under for their wins for the year? I, I saw some of that, but I but you know what? We're going to talk about that. I'm going to look it up, and we're going to talk about that too. Um, so stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. But we'll get back on track. I promise you. Right after the break. If you like pina coladas.
Hey, butthead. What did people do before they invented TV? Don't be stupid, Beavis. There's always been TV. There's just more channels now. Now, back to the sports talker with TJ Walker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Progress is cool. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. I'm I'm finished for the rest of my radio career, Trevor. Explaining magic tricks. I'm putting that away. I'm putting that to the side. That's probably a good idea. I'll stick to poorly explaining sports, I suppose, and, and talking about them. Yeah, because at least when you poorly explain sports, it doesn't sound like a uh, a crime is being committed. <laughs> you're you're right. You're right. The only crime is that I've got my own radio show. I guess. Um, so you had mentioned the over unders for football wins, uh, five dimes had, had released them last week. And I actually didn't even see these, see this cause I was on the cruise and I'm glad you, you brought it up. Um, I, and I, I did see that the odds for winning the national title, it's an offshore sports book. You could have been by their offices. Well, it came out, <laughs> came out today for the best odds to win the national title. Uh, but the over under win totals that you can bet on Kentucky at six, and even six, Louisville at seven and a half. Uh, first, we'll talk about the Kentucky being at six. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. And I'm not going to tell you to bet on sports. But if you were going to, or if you just wanted to make a friendly wager, I think the safe bet is obviously under. Yeah, if you're, um, if you're making a safe bet, if you, if you want to, yeah, the under is definitely. Because I, I think when we talked about predictions earlier in a couple months ago or earlier in the month, I think I picked them at six. I think that was a factor fiction question. If not, if I'm not mistaken, do they get more than six wins? And I said, no, they get six wins, they get to a bowl, and they lose. I, I think that they get six more than – I think they get six wins. I think they get more than six wins. But that's not that's not the safe bet. Because here's you know breaking down their schedule, and we'll do this more thoroughly uh, throughout the summer and, and certainly closer to football season, although I think we're within – 97, 96 days, which is exciting. Um, but UK's guaranteed wins next year. And Trevor, it seems like every time we ever talk about guaranteed wins, you will always bring up some mid-major or some bad team that is not a guaranteed win, and we'll always argue about it. So so leave that to the side for now. But uh, Louisiana will be a, a guaranteed win. Eastern Kentucky, guaranteed win. Charlotte, guaranteed win. So those are three. Those are the three guarantees. And I just can't see making a bet where Kentucky's got to... You see me and expect something dramatic. Oh, oh, Tell me, Samuel. What do I see that's so dramatic? Here Not, today. Not today. Not <laughs> today? Well, when do we have well, to wait, I Samuel? I don't know where it's coming from. Silver. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know where it's coming from. All right, I think it's gone. Hold on. I got to know what Samuel wants to tell me. When Samuel <laughs> talks, I have to listen. I didn't know where it was coming from. It's gone now. Uh, I, the computer's moving slow because I've got a thousand tabs open. I'm actually surprised that the computer hasn't shut down like it has in recent past. He needs. I need him to tell me what credit card to put in my bad <laughs> MF or wallet. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe he's uh, warning me about too many snakes on this damn plane. I don't know. I need to know what Samuel is telling us. 
It's, uh, that, it, I, I actually, I think that's probably for the sequel, Snakes on a Plane 2. <laughs> I would say that sounds, uh, I'd, I'd shake my head at that, but there's, I, I, I've given up shaking my head at what Hollywood makes movies do. Oh, man. <laughs> now I'm coughing because uh, you got me laughing, Trevor. Whew. Okay, so anyways, so those are the, what I would consider, <clears throat> jeez, oh my goodness. Are you okay? Do we need I, to put I, Samuel back on? Let him finish the show? <laughs> yeah. He's got more great credit card deals for you. Um, and, and great movies, like Snakes on a Plane. Exactly. Uh, but, so those are the guaranteed wins. So Kentucky will win those. It's just I don't think it's a safe bet to assume that they're going to get four more wins for you to win money. I'd imagine six is a push, right, Trevor? Yes, that would be correct. I think there's a so, reason why five, I'm, I don't know anything about five dimes, but... Uh, I'm sure there's a reason why the, the, there's a method to all their madness. There's a reason why Louisville has a point five next to theirs instead of just being seven, and why Kentucky has six. They're not stupid. They, they make their money the, the proper way. So really, you're getting it at UK six and a half. Realistically, uh, with, with six, you get in your money back, but not winning anything unless they get seven. And and it's just when you only have three wins, where you can say, okay, they're going to win those games for sure. You probably should stay away. Vandy should be a win. Uh, they've got Missouri at home, Florida at home, Tennessee at home, Louisville at home. You think that they're going to be able to win uh, a few of those games. But even if you're counting the Vandy as a win and then those four home games, they'd still have to win three of those games, Trevor, to be able to, for you to come out ahead. And they'll go to South Carolina, who who they've they beat last year and, and have been competitive with over years past. They'll they'll go to Mississippi State, where two years ago down in Starkville they were competitive and and, and gave them a decent game last year at Commonwealth Stadium. Mississippi State lost a lot too from last year's team. We'll be losing a yeah, lot. Yeah, they still have Prescott, but um, so you know there are games where Kentucky's going to be in, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won seven games. I'm just saying the safe bet is is with a team. The past few years, that ha- in the past three seasons, has have won nine games. Uh, I wouldn't bet on them to win seven in one year. Not yet. Uh, I still think they will. Again, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm trying to help you all. Maybe maybe win some money. You want to win some money? Take the under on it, and then that's your safest bet. If you get a hundred right. bucks and you have to put a gun in your head, and say you got to bet on this. I would take the hundred and put it on the under, even though I think they will win six. All right, I'm going back to a page where I think Samuel Jackson was on. But this time I've, I'm, I'm monitoring it, Trevor. So if it comes on, I'm going to be able to to stop it. Do you know what one of the hundreds of pages you have opened that's uh, that's going to be on? Maybe. Are we going to get I another do. ad, or I mean, are we going to get another pop up too? I I don't know. Okay, I think I think I I, I think we I think we're good. Um, anyways, moving to Louisville. Louisville's a seven and a half. Trevor, what is that? Uh, First initial reaction when you saw that a week ago? Uh, my first initial reaction was I wish they didn't put the half on there uh, because I think that they're, they're trying to avoid the push at seven, where I think Louisville is, is, is on that kind of six, seven, eight border. Again, if I if I want to be safe, I'd probably take the under, but I think Louisville pulls eight wins. So I would I would think they can cover that. But, I mean, to be a safe person and, and avoid any risk of possibly losing, even though there's obviously a risk of losing no matter what you bet, I would probably say the uh, the safe bet would be the under, but I think they cover the over. So let's do the guaranteed win things with Louisville. 
by my count, they've got four four guaranteed wins that I would feel very good about if I was a, a Louisville fan. Who whom are those four outside of maybe what Samford? I don't know if there's really a guarantee. I, mean, I guess Houston maybe, but you know maybe not a guarantee, but it'd be it'd be very very surprising if Louisville were to lose. They'll beat Houston. They should. I know Houston, they'll they they should they they definitely should. It'd be a major major upset if they didn't. Yeah. They'll beat Stanford obviously, and then I, I you know I don't see them losing to Syracuse at home or Boston College at home. I, I would agree with you. Uh, at Wake Forest, I think can be a win, but it can always and both the Wake Forest and NC State games have trap written all over them. Both are not easy places to go into. Uh, Louisville struggled with uh, Wake Forest at home last year, let alone going two on the road to Winston Salem. So those games bring up red flags to me a little bit. Anything on the road always brings up red flag. To be honest, I mean I don't care. Especially when you're in an I ACC agree. or SEC I agree 100%. conference, but I, I think they their games they should win. I think they'll lose to Auburn. They beat Houston. There's one. I think if they lose to Auburn, I think they can beat Clemson. I think they actually beat Clemson, so that'd be two. Sanford would be three. NC State, I'm going to go with four. Uh, lose to Florida State. Beat Boston College, five. Beat Wake Forest, six. Uh, in that case, you need two wins out of your last part of your schedule, which would be Syracuse, which would be number number six. Uh, then you have Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Kentucky. Uh, I mean, winning two out of the, winning just one out of those three to get at least seven. So I, I think yeah, I think, and I think they beat. I think they can. Pittsburgh's a tough place to go. They've always had trouble going there, but I think it's a game they should win. They should beat Virginia as well. In uh, Kentucky, obviously, it would be a tough game, but a game they're supposed to win. Well, actually, the line is the the early Vegas line is Kentucky a favorite. That came out last week too. Yeah, they were a favorite going in. I think last year at this point too, weren't they not? Um, or not maybe in this, but at least out of the first five weeks of the season, they were favored. Yeah, uh, there was one point during the season yeah. where the line pushed to Kentucky being a, about a one-point favorite, which they, is what it's... They were what, one dropped Hail Mary interception away, or fair catch interception away from getting that win. So. You're right about that. Still a, a sore spot, I'm sure, for Kentucky. Not quite like the sore spot that I'm feeling uh, for my boiled skin. Nah, boiled nah. and bubbling skin. Uh, different, different type, but... We'll keep an eye on UK's schedule and Louisville's, and, and we'll we'll break it down again more thoroughly throughout the summer. Question for uh, you involving the 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 odds: Do you take? Uh, there are only four teams that had over ten wins on their over under: Ohio State, TCU, Baylor, and Wisconsin. Do all four make, take the over? No, I, I don't think you can do it for all four. Lowest Power Five conference odds. Over under was Kansas at one and a half. Do the Jayhawks get two wins? I would, I would say, yeah. I'm sure that you know, you know, they're going to play probably a, a an FCS team, and that should be a win. So, can they get one more against a, a really bad FBS team? Did they have two and wins I, last year? I'm have to look it up real quick. Um, I, one or two. Didn't they beat somebody in the Big Twelve? That was kind of a surprise upset. I think that was an inter squad game. <laughs> was that it? The that was the surprise upset. Yeah, the second string beat the first string. They had three wins last year. Looking, they've had three wins the last two years. Looking at their 2015 schedule, they're going to play South Dakota. Uh, they've got Memphis, which I guess would probably be Memphis played well home. last year. Yeah, Memphis was much improved. Um, so you probably they probably lose that game, and then they have to go to Rutgers. So ooh, yeah, actually maybe they only win one. <laughs> Not, you know, you say that with not knowing their schedule, but they're out of conference games for South Dakota, Memphis, and Rutgers. 
and not that any of those three teams are all that great. I, I shouldn't speak that way of South Dakota. I don't really know. Um, but Memphis and Rutgers are better, will be better than Kansas next and, year. And last year they did beat Iowa State. That was their, one of the three wins. They beat Southeast Missouri State uh, 34-28. Congratulations. They beat Central Michigan 24-10. That's a blowout in their eyes. And then they blew, and then they literally blew out Iowa State at 34-14. to 14. Coming off a 60-14 to 14 loss to Baylor. Way to, to circle the wagons there, Kansas. Didn't, weren't they up on somebody like TCU or, or – or? I believe so, yeah. They lost only by seven to Oklahoma State, 27-20. Maybe that was it. They were uh, up on somebody good. They that gave up 23 it. points to a Texas offense that I don't think scored 23 points in six games straight, so that's not a good thing. No, I can't imagine that being a good and they, thing. Yeah, they lost 34-30 to TCU, yep. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on what the chase uh, the, the sports talker. All things Kansas sports. They did receive a basketball transfer, Dwight Coley from from Ole Miss, um, who will be who will sit out this year for Kansas. Uh, Colby, excuse me, I think it's a Coley, uh, who will sit out this year for Kansas and then will take uh, be eligible the year after and have two years remaining at Ole Miss. He didn't really do all that much uh, in his two seasons. Averaged. 17 minutes a game last year, only five points, five rebounds, which isn't all that bad for your normal sophomore season. I didn't know this, Trevor, but he's actually from the Bahamas. I could have ran into his family down there. Uh, He could have been down there. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's that's some other college basketball news as we still are are, uh, not – quite set on what exact rosters will look like that year, UK included, again, with Jamal Murray, who we talked about in the first segment. Uh, Some other football news. Did you see that Central Florida and UConn, now supposedly a big rivalry game? Yeah, because that makes a lot of sense. They are starting – they have a rivalry trophy. Why? They had it for last year because they have the score on it from last year. And it's called the civil conflict between these two teams. Okay, I'm going to go back to my original question because I still feel it's the best one. Why? I don't have an answer for that. I I don't know why they did it. Uh, The trophy is pretty big. Today, UConn football tweeted out, not that I know if anybody follows UConn football, uh, said the first day back on campus for UConn football in just 130 days until the next civil conflict with UCF. And then it's a picture of... Uh, a, a countdown clock that says 130 days, 23 hours, 13 minutes, 10 seconds, beat UCF, and has the trophy of the civil conflict. And it's a, a fairly large trophy, the, probably you, about two, you two know what feet. This is? this is the product of two schools that no one in their local area give two dams about. So they decided, you know what? It, it, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a match.com marriage put together of a rivalry. It's like, oh, I can't get a date. I can't. No one wants to be our rival. UConn says, no, you know, no one up here cares. And gives two bleeps. Central Florida's down there going, you, we're, we're like, we're like twelfth in line in terms of importance of colleges down here. No one wants to be our rival either. Well, how about we be rivals together? Okay. And so they decide to make just invent a rivalry and call it what? Did, what do you say the, the, the rivalry's called? The civil conflict, <laughs> which has to be the worst name for yeah. a rivalry. Yeah, they're like it's called the civil conflict. Why the hell not? And you had UConn, which won one conference game last year. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was actually against Central Florida. I think that was the game they won. And I think it was the only 
conference game that Central Florida lost, which is really embarrassing uh, if you if you think about it. To a rival, nonetheless. Yeah, they they were able to beat Central Florida at at home. So maybe you had Central or maybe you had Connecticut think, okay, we only beat one team in our conference. We need a new rival uh, because we don't have any. Syracuse is gone. Georgetown doesn't play football at at this level. Uh, this level, I guess you could use. Um, for for anything when when talking about Connecticut football, but Syracuse left them. I guess Louisville kind of with the fair catch game. You're you're lucky Louisville's on the AAC anymore, Trevor. Or else they'd they'd probably make a trophy called the Fair Catch Trophy. And now UConn and Louisville would be big rivals. You're lucky you got out of there. What does civil conflict mean? I mean, th- those two words like contradict each other, don't they? Not yeah. doesn't civil mean like peace in some way? And conflict yeah. obviously doesn't. I, I it's uh, it's quite an anomaly. I'm very I'm not confused. Sure. I'm not I'm not sure, and it it seems like the most Connecticut thing in the world just to put civil in front of something. It just seems very very proper. The civil conflict. So uh, watch out for that rivalry game in the AAC next year uh, between Central Florida and Connecticut. Hated rivals uh, that created a rivalry game and a trophy out of thin air. I, I, I Googled it and it came up. The very first thing that came up was, I quote, UConn's UFC's new civil conflict rivalry trophy is now rated the country's worst rivalry. And, and there are a lot of stupid rivalry games. There's a lot of stupid rivalry names. There's a lot of stupid rivalry trophies. I feel like I'm reading a Dr. Seuss book. But but, but most uh, have this- reason. Whether it be geographical or whatever, you know, or history involved it. This, they have no, there's no, there's like six states between the two. You haven't heard about the old the old war of Connecticut and Central Florida of eighteen eighty four, the the great battle of yeah I, I think I remember reading that in history class, fake uh, history Knight, class. It sounds like a history lesson Barney Stinson would tell us. The Golden Knights traveled up the East Coast slaughtering Huskies along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right up there, it's right in the uh, the the aisles of history. Yes, uh, uh, it just just. Just stupid. It'd be like making a rivalry trophy right now for Kentucky and Texas A&M for football, although those two teams have never played each other uh, since both have been SEC opponents. You know what? Louisville and Wake Forest is now the civil conflict rivalry. The civil conflict. I'm just going to call it that. I'm going to be the only one that does it, but I don't care. I'm just going to now refer to the Wake Forest-Louisville matchup every year in ACC as the civil conflict. But we should call it maybe the tobacco, tobacco war. Because the number were one and two in these states of uh, in America in terms of tobacco. See, but production. that would that would that would make more sense than. Yeah, that's true. You can't use something that makes sense because that would take away the fun. It really is sad. Uh, I mean, we're we're probably spending too much time talking about it now, but it is kind of sad that uh, at least you know Central Florida has South Florida there. I'm sure they probably don't like each other. Um, and you've got they've got some longer rivalries with with some teams that I guess used to be in I think Conference USA. There's eight universities uh, that play Division One football within five hours of Orlando. Okay, you can't tell me you couldn't find one of them to be a rival. But I I, I kind of feel you know I don't feel bad for Connecticut at all, but it is kind of sad that they just had to make up a rivalry with a team that really they have no history of playing against. I'm sure their first game against. Central Florida and program history. Central Florida's only been in D1 since, what, 1990 or 2000? No, it's longer than that. Central Florida's older than that. You're thinking of South Florida. South Florida came around in 94. Okay, so Central Florida's been out there. How long is So they've really been... Now, Connecticut's been only been around since the mid-90s as well in football, though. That's true, too. Uh, I, I really didn't know that 
that Central Florida was older than that. I, again, I knew that about Connecticut. Uh, maybe I was just thinking South Florida, but um, I said there's it, like 20 schools down there. It's confusing. You just had they just had to make a rivalry, and it, it and, and they couldn't have come up with a worse name. But anyways, I'll leave it to George O'Leary to make something up. Uh, but but speaking of making up, uh, they're going to remake UAB's football program. Uh, shortly after they announced that, uh, this is the way I'm going to look at it. Basically, so they shut down UAB's football program a few months back, uh, citing that financially it didn't make any sense. It was going to bleed the university. It was going to cost a lot of money. Um, they needed to shut it down. But what we are finding out today is that they're going to they're going to come back. Likely, Trevor, they won't come back until the 2017 season, if I had to guess. Well, everybody left the school. Yeah, they, they have no more players. Yeah. So this is the way this is the way I look at it. Basically, the powers that be at, at UAB self-imposed a death penalty and then said, okay, well, we can come back in a few years. How are people at UAB just not getting fired left and right? Well, they got rid of a program no one cared about. When they get rid of it, people suddenly cared. They raised $27 million, which is more than the program probably made in the last three years in terms of ticket sales. And now everybody, it was, I was like, it was like a, a bug that no one knew about existed. It was about to be extinct, and you know, a group of hippies decided they want to like boycott some shopping mall being put up to, to extinct the bug completely. And like, no one cares. And UAB, now everyone cared that UAB went out. It was a sad thing. I saw the video of the players. It was it was heartbreaking. I felt kind of bad for them as well. But now it's like, okay, they're gone. Now everyone's going to care. It's going to come back. And you know what's going to happen after the, when the first season begins? No one's going to show up to the game. No one's going to care. No one's going to go, listen, I've, I've been to Birmingham. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a trash hole. I, I can say that. No, I don't know anybody in Birmingham. No one in Birmingham is listening. It's a junk hole. I mean, it is. It's a stink hole. It's where you throw your old fridge when you don't want to put it out in front of the lawn and you want to get rid of it. I mean, that's where you, that's what Birmingham is. So no one's going to, it's a great story that they're going to come back and now give scholarships to more kids, but no one's going to care. Two games in, they're going to be like, oh yeah, football's back. Really? Oh, wow. Let's go. No, I don't, I don't just, I don't disagree with all that. Nobody is going to care about UAB football. If anything, it kind of taught us what small time football at the college level means to the players more than, more than anything and more than anything else. But again, the thing I'm more surprised about is basically UAB football is never going to be great. Like you mentioned, it was never going to have a huge fan base. It was never going to be a team that was somehow going to move their way into a power five conference, this or that, uh, having Alabama and Auburn there. And, and certainly a lot of schools to the South, uh, sec schools to the South. It, it was never going to turn into a great program, but it was kind of a, a cute program, Trevor. Cute it, it was, it was, it was a cute program that was getting on big team schedules and and, and doing okay. Now, do they get back in? I think we're the, I think they were in Conference USA, if I'm they not were. mistaken. Yes. Do they, do they get back in Conference USA as a football program? Do they, or do they even get D1 as a football program? Do they work their way uh, up again? Basically, everything that you had has been completely erased, 100%. Well, luckily, and they didn't have a whole lot how to do you begin not, with. <laughs> How do you not fire the the man who originally said, "Okay, uh, we're not going to be able to afford this. It's it's too much money." Well, I mean, uh, do you fire him or do you do you say thank you for making us notice that that the football team was plummeting the way it was? Now we well, opened our eyes at least for the brief moment it took to to raise the money to bring it back. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, he just kind of gave you a wake up call. And it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. I mean, they they stopped can- they stopped scheduling games, so it wasn't Sorry? like it came as a shock that they were going to do it. It was one of the worst kept secrets throughout the season. Well, they can they had a game with Kentucky scheduled for next year. UAB did. Yeah. Are you sure? I thought yep. they hit. I don't remember seeing UAB on y'all schedule. Are you thinking of Charlotte? No, 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 no. I, I'm saying for 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. They had a game scheduled with UK for 2016. And if you're saying that, if you're saying, well, it, maybe it was a good wake-up call, then why didn't he just say that? Why wouldn't he say, hey, we've got to find other ways to make money. Here's all the numbers. I don't want to shut down the football program. We've got to start funding. Unless you're saying that the only way that funding was going to come in is if they re- had to go through all those experiences and, yes. and 20, 22-year-olds crying. Yeah, that's that's all. If, if he just come out and said, we need money right, or we're going to lose the program, no one would give anything. You you would not get a, you would get some money, but you would know we're getting near the amount of the $27 million it took to rebirth the program. Well, then he needs to do a better job of his – he needs to do a better job. They, call, uh, they called his bluff, and, he, and he, he went through with it, and they were like, oh, wow, he didn't. You know, mom did take away my, my favorite toy because I was being a brat. I mean, I need to straighten up. Yeah, uh, it's I. He, I mean, he, he not only did he, he might have killed the UAP football program twice. Once, literally taking it away and killing it, and then now by bringing it back, and it yeah. is going to be it's like garbage. Killing a zombie, though, can you really garbage. kill something that was already dead? It, it, well, now they killed it, and now it's coming back as a zombie. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's it's it, and not like a cool zombie like in Walking Dead or uh, some of the other cool zombie movies where they're really fast or it's gonna be like what a, an actual zombie probably would be uh, really slow trouble walking trouble standing up um, not like the zombies in, in Game of Thrones yesterday though uh, what a great episode Yates that was. did We're tell out. me it was an awesome episode it was an awesome episode it was uh it was really really good um it, maybe we'll spend more time talking about that tomorrow it, it, that with the assumption that my skin goes back to normal and stops bubbling that can't be any worse than a magician committing crimes <laughs> you're right it was a it was a wild show today thanks everybody for tweeting in we're out of time we'll be back tomorrow we'll be back the whole week i'm glad to be back in the united states Th- sorry about the hiatus uh and and thanks always for listening 1450 the sports buzz we'll see you tomorrow in my zone let me hear you say high time sitting by the river got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right on high time sitting by the river got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor say it's time to take a trip to where the grass is blue and peep how the mid-south